Hey, what is going on everybody and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to regrow your own teeth like a shark. Yep. Because I don't think we can learn how to do that. I can learn. Except for with some extensive genetic engineering. I was thinking like if I fill my mouth with stem cells. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say you just collect the stem cells just... and you fill your mouth with them. Put them in there. <laughs> And then teeth will come out. Is that how it works? Is that what they meant by like CRISPR? Like it's you just like make a crispy batch of stem cells. <laughs> so, well, this is off to a great start. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, that is ostensibly not about highly unethical genetic engineering, so you can grow extra teeth. Also, like highly not useful. I highly doubt just, that you just throw them in somewhere and then. It, I, I bet I it's more complicated than filling your mouth with stem cells. Look, if but, I don't go and learn all the things, I can assume that it's simple. I guess. It's like graphic design or web design. It's easy, right? You just draw. Yeah. You Why just, do I need to pay you? You, you would do that for fun anyway. Nothing involves expertise. Yeah. Um, Making it, You just throw some web things up on a website. It's easy. Like, yeah. I don't understand why you won't do it for free. Come on. We're friends, right? Not anymore. <laughs> What are we talking about today, Martin? Uh, we're talking about long-term planning, something we did not do before we started this podcast. Uh, I beg to differ. This intro was carefully scripted out in my head. In fact, I planned this intro out before I even started the podcast. Back in 2013, I was like, hey, episode 283, I'm going to go on a weird tangent about like, you know, sharks and genetic engineering. Well, there you go. I guess that long plan fulfilled. It's in my Evernote. Um, but that's private, so I'm not going to read it. Yeah. So, so we're talking about long-term planning um, for life in many senses. You know, could be your job, could be your social life, relationships, money, could be your hobbies or projects, could be lots of stuff. Where do you see yourself in five years? It's a pretty common question that gets asked in interviews, but it's like a very question. difficult question. Yeah, it's, a, it's an incredibly difficult Not question. Not only because I can't possibly know the actual answer, but also because even thinking of what might be a good answer is difficult. Yeah. Maybe it's okay to just have like a arbitrary answer. It's like, a, this could be cool. I've always struggled with that question because I think back five years and you know what? It's a little different now because five years ago was 2014, right? Yeah. All right. So for the first time in my life, since thinking about this question, I am doing roughly the same thing that I was five years ago. Because huh. I started doing YouTube in August of 2014, and I technically am still making YouTube videos, still making podcast videos, podcast, well, hey, podcast videos. Wasn't doing that back then. It was just podcasts. It's yeah. a little different. Um, I'm blogging less, but I still write for a living, essentially. So I guess it's like, yeah, I see myself doing YouTube in five years. But every time I've been asked this question in the past, before now, I was doing something so different that it's like, that version of me would have never even conceived of doing what, you know, I was doing at the time, five years in the future. Yeah. So I have no idea how to answer that question. No, it's a, it's a really weird question. Mm -hmm. uh, and I imagine for some people it becomes easier to answer as you get further and further away from school, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of us tend to drift into, if, if unchecked, monotony. That's true. But also a lot of us, even if you want to put the monogamy or well, monogamy, if you, if you want to put that's the a monotony different, it's a different argument aside, feature. people tend to 
start general, they pick a career, and then once they've kind of gone down a career path, there are like smaller and smaller deviations to be made unless they yeah. really want to make a big choice. It's kind of like choosing what weapon you want to special in a Monster Hunter. Like, yeah, it, do I want to put use so spears? much work into this one? Do I want to use like broadswords? Obviously, and hammers. Late game, now you're just trying to get like, you know, one little beak from a Kuropeka or something. Yeah. Do those have beaks? I don't know. Probably. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. If it's in Monster Hunter, I will, I will murder it with I a thought hammer. You, I thought you liked would like that metaphor, but yeah, I don't actually a, know the monsters it's a, very it's well. A, it's a good one. Uh, but yeah, you, you put so much effort in. Like, it doesn't even have to be monotonous. It could just be like, I think it's going to be the, the same thing because that's what I want. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. But not everybody's going to be at that phase. Mm-hmm. And I would say that many people, in fact, would like something to be different in five years. Yes. Probably. So what I want to know is what should you plan out on a five-year timeline and what is probably not worth planning out that long or that far ahead? Yeah, some things things need different different Mm -hmm. timescales. Well, I was thinking about this largely. This topic even came up up to me because I was thinking about personal goals because I was kind of trying to figure out I don't feel like I'm making enough progress toward any specific... Why am I working on these various hobbies? So uh, I got out my old trusty whiteboard, and I started making diagram. I started writing out the big things, the big things that I like. Photography, uh, pixel art recently, uh, piano, um, programming, polyglottism, because I like parallelism in my word choice even on my personal projects and then um is that a word yeah polyglottism it's the act of being a polyglot oh okay it's it's technically technically true i would never use it normally it's just everything was a noun that started with p yeah so i needed that but then i started it's all p yeah photography pixel art photography pixel art piano programming play was where my hobbies went pros for writing articles or anything else um podcasting yeah podcasting if you go to my twitter bio it all starts with p it's just weird it's a weird coincidence i don't know if i could do that with mine yeah it's i don't know how it happened (laughs) it's but so i drew out all these things and i started drawing little little lines off of them what what are the kind of projects i'm thinking about on each of these things just in general i don't know when i'm going to do them but just in general so i was like photography i don't know i could do i could learn portraits i could get into exhibits i could um so i could do pixel art stuff i could learn synth that branches off of piano i could mess around with some of that stuff but then you can't unless you like just start saying synth yeah i can't do it i can't master it and then pigments pigments okay i have to specifically use use pigments pigments. (laughs) um and then, like, you know, the polyglot one lines up with programming through some language web projects. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them started connecting. I started seeing some patterns. And then eventually, the ultimate pattern emerged, which gave me what I think I might want in the next five years. And I didn't think about it at all before I did this. Okay. So I was just all the parts of my life suddenly pointed toward game development because it turns out that most mm. of my skills can be combined programming to make a game music yeah like a lot of them photography come together at least for like location scouting and getting ideas for um, level design yeah yeah and i was actually planning on making some pixel art based on some of my landscape photos to try to learn how to do pixel landscapes yeah so like i'm even all of my stuff started to connect yeah and this is a pattern that i wouldn't have normally seen 
because I was mm. focusing on one small goal at a time. Yep. You know, like I'm going to make this pixel art Pokemon thing. That's cool. That's a short term goal. It worked out. I was proud of it. But then eventually it all came together and I was like, all of this stuff still seems like I'm slowly working toward a game again, which is cool because that's was my goal as a little kid mm-hmm. before I like I just want to be a game developer. Turns out that I accidentally might try that again, huh. but without trying to get that kind of bird's eye view of all the parts of my life, I don't think I would have come came to that conclusion more yeah. seriously. I toyed around with it, but I didn't think I was actually going to make something. And if I would have asked you two years ago, you know, do you want to be a game developer? You probably wouldn't have seen the path to that. No, I, I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't even have considered serious pixel art at that mm. point. I didn't consider myself oh, even yeah. slightly capable as a visual artist. So mm. I would have been. I wouldn't have thought to start it. And what exactly got you into doing the pixel art? Was it the llama that we did? Yeah. Was it so? Is that it? Was it was like. I want to do the llama. I want to learn to do the pixel art to do the do the llama. And then I yeah. did it, and it turned out better than I expected. And then, you know, months later, that little seed was planted, and I decided to – I just wanted to try it because I saw – a lot of this is based off of the game Celeste, actually. Um, mm-hmm. um, Pedro, one of the people that did pixel art for that game, had recommended the program I'm using, A-Sprite, oh, right, and yeah. some pixel art tutorials. So I just installed it, started messing around, and then I decided to learn it, and now I'm learning it. But I wouldn't have known that five years ago at all. So obviously, part of the problem with this question as a whole is you can't – it's not a guarantee. This isn't a contract. Yeah. So if you're making a five-year plan of any sort, it should kind of be a – I think really all we're we're looking for is a direction to walk in. Yes, and I don't think – trying to ask yourself, where do I want to be in five years, at least for me and probably for you, is the right question for figuring out what direction to walk in. Because it's just, for certain things, it makes sense. Like, I want to be a doctor. Okay. Yeah. That's a five, 10, 15 year journey. But for a lot of things, you don't really see the opportunity to get into it until you're at a certain stage. Like for game development, you know, it might've seemed like this either insurmountable thing or maybe you're like, well, I don't really want to program all day. So it's kind of out in my head. Like you don't see yourself doing it. But then maybe you get into all these things and then you learn like, oh, hey, the guy who made Sturdy Valley did all of it himself. The music, the pixel art, the programming, all of it. And it just so happens that I've learned those things. Yeah. Now it seems possible. Yeah. Like you maybe you need re-inspired for something. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's one of the weird things about that question is it seems so oddly specific. Now... For, for some things, that might make sense. I remember when I had that question back at uh, my web dev job. Or did they actually ask it to you in the interview? Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, most of mine were just like, I want to be speaking this many languages and um, I want to be making at least uh, like 45K a year. Now, to anybody from the coast. Five years from then? From, any, from anybody that's on a coast right now. In Iowa, that is fine money. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> I was I was doing, or at least it was fine. Yeah. Have you seen some of the house prices in? Des I'm sure. I'm sure everything is changing. You know, <laughs> and Des Moines Des Moines is only growing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty reasonable goal because I wanted yeah. I wanted to be at that job. Yeah. Too, and obviously that most of that changed. I didn't end up speaking all of those languages to a fluent level. Mm-hmm. I'm still messing around with them, but I have no specific goals. Yeah. 
The financial goal was easier to specify. I did meet that, but just not how I expected at all. But when it comes to planning things that are this long term, I think there are really only two two good things that are going to come from it. And one is you you can get a direction. It doesn't have to be five years, but just where am I walking even if I change my mind and take a different fork down a different path later? Yeah. And then the second thing is anything that is a solid goal of yours that requires time input, you need to make this now. Because mm-hmm. if my goal will take five years to master the things necessary to do it, whether it's for a career, whether it's to find a, a, a stable relationship and maybe think about starting a family, that could be a five-year plan somebody might have. These kind of yep. things, you, you kind of need to know, wait, I think I would want that by then, by five years from now. So I should start working on it now and divide it so that you can start making the efforts. Because otherwise, yeah. the five years will pass, I'll find myself nearly 34 and i'll be like what did i want by the time i was 34 oh well i didn't do that (laughs) yeah whoops yeah i think it's something in the nature of the question because whenever i've heard that question my mind invariably gravitates to what am i doing in my career five years from now and then i get kind of paralyzed because i just don't know yeah But I think you have a point there. There are all these different aspects you could think about in your life, and some of them do require some long-term planning. Um, Do I want to own a house in five years? Yeah. If that's the case, I should probably start start saving saving money for a down payment now because it's going to take longer than a year or six months to get down payment money. And prices could be higher then. You don't Mm -hmm. know. Inflation happens. And, you know, do you want to be like a dad in five years? Do you want to be a mom in five years? Um, I know my friends, Andrew and Laura had been planning for that probably for about the last five years. I think ever yeah, since I knew them, huge, they were like, it's a huge decision. Like, I want to be a dad someday. And he just became a dad like a month ago. So, and there was all this planning that went into it, which was, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. So I think yeah, with this question for me, career wise, it's always just been like, whatever seems fun that pays me the amount of money I need to do the things I'm doing. Yeah. So career-wise, I've not thought a ton about it since, you know, when I was a kid and I wanted to be a game developer and I'm weirdly coincidentally circling back to that idea, Mm -hmm. mostly for fun now. Um, But for me, it's always been about personal projects and more about, in fact, I found an Evernote that I wrote in 2016 that was the traits and habits an ideal Martin would have. So I was just like, what's like the coolest me Mm. that I feel the best waking up as, the that's the Martin I'm proud to be. What does he look like? Who? What does he do? Who, I think I have something like who that Who is as that well. person? Yeah, like that's... What does yours say? Well, so 2016, let's see what I want in 2016. He would speak at least four languages. Okay. I'm, I'm learning Japanese, taking lessons. I speak uh, some Spanish and French pretty decently, depending on whether I've practiced recently. So that's, that's about four. I'm very close to that. Okay. He would do something to help language learners. I got some projects in the works for that. Some stuff came up before I could finish them. He would have a conversation in every language he speaks at least once a week. Clearly, I cared a lot about language in 2016. Uh, He would eat new foods and cook more, and he would learn to be proud of his food again. If this means he would be vegetarian or something similar again, so be it. Lo and behold, that is exactly the path I'm still on. Okay. Um, He would weigh at least 135. I'm not that tall, so that's that's still healthy for me. And work out consistently. I am working out consistently thanks to that buff dragon and ring fit adventure that I need to crush. That's true. So, and I am am getting my weight back up to where it was Mm -hmm. before all the illnesses and stuff. He would use photography 
to uh, further further his visual art skills and kind of express himself and explore. Okay. I would have free time every day to have fun with friends and Ashley would play piano again. I didn't know if I would ever play piano again at this point in my life, so it's pretty cool yeah. that I play piano again. Because this was before we moved to Denver, so it was still during the process my of hands you healing your hands. My hands weren't fully better yet. I couldn't. Yeah. I literally couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to see that I did that. And... He would catch up on his video games and read more. I am reading more. I'm actually not going to catch up on all the video games. I'm going to just... <laughs> I just caught all of the Pokemon and the new one. That's because you keep pre-ordering like every and, game. Yeah, that's the problem is because when I was younger, I would play them all, and I haven't broken that habit, so I yeah. think I'm going to. But I'm not going to. So I'm just going to accept that a lot of these games I'll never play. But mm-hmm. when I do get one I'm going to play, like Pokemon, I'm going to just go crazy with it for a while, and yeah. then I'm going to quit video games for a bit. But that... That was how I pictured the best me. Now, I don't agree with that exact vision. I have different stipulations now. Mm-hmm. But I'm succeeding to 2016, Martin, apparently. Yeah. Go go me, I guess. Actually, I really there like this idea Martin. of just, like, writing out who do I want to be in the future. Just make it a note. And, like, don't even, don't even feel like you're beholden to it. Just, like, write it out. And then a few years down the line, you're going to be able to look at it. Yeah. So I think I have multiple of these. I don't know what they're all called. I should probably organize them better. But I do have one just called What I Want. This is from November 2012. So this is actually two weeks after I met Anna and still in college uh, to be healthy, which, I mean, I think I've done that, though. To get back to eating mainly pale, <laughs> I think that means paleo. No, just I pale, haven't done that pa- one. Pale? Like, eat, eat pa- only, I only, only eat pale, pale foods? Only blanch them until they're, like, stark white. Otherwise, no. I eat almond flour in a bowl of milk. To get eight hours of sleep every night, I don't do that. But you know what? I kind of, seven and a half is kind of what I need. Here's a big one. To be location independent, even if it means working for someone. And the, the sub-bullet there. I don't know if you there, agree with that anymore. <laughs> the sub-bullet there is to work for nerd fitness. And then to get back to working hard <laughs> on my cool. own blog and up my income uh okay so this is a big change when i was in college i was super enamored with the idea of being location independent being kind of like i think steve cam was like this at the time and steve cam being the founder of nerd fitness um one of those guys who travels the world works out of hostels and coffee shops Uh, i think at the time colin wright was having his readers vote where he would go live every four months and all it took was a two-week trip to japan for me to realize, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it was three weeks because my two week one was before the snow was written and I was really gung ho on it. And then I went back the next year for three weeks. And by week three, I was so homesick. Yeah. I was like, I, I need my routines. I want my space. So I definitely also wanted that all through college. Mm-hmm. I wanted that same thing. It just seems so like it's very exotic. Sounding. It's like exotic and glamorous. Yeah. But what it really is, is where am I sleeping tonight? Yet another hostel. Um, and I mean, like if you're a really social person, then sure you'll go out and meet new people, but you don't have like a core group of really tight friends that you see all the time because you're always moving around. So you don't have a stable community. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that's a really important thing. That's an incredibly important thing is having a stable community. I am actually an introvert. Um, so my girlfriend went and got this job at a, like a bookstore bar, which is one of your favorite places. It is. And I was there with her the other night and I guess like an event was starting cause the place got super crowded. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to bounce for a while cause this place is way too crowded. And I go and sit in my car and I'm like, Oh boy, now I, I really know that I'm an introvert because 
I don't know where to go. <laughs> like I could go to some like 24 hour coffee shop, but otherwise anywhere I'm going to go, I'll have to socialize with people. So I ended up just like walking into this uh, brewery and sitting down and I ended up talking to people for the entire time. So it was fine and I was able to do it, but I was like, your instinct scared. did not crave that. Was that. Not my, no. And I fully intended to go into the brewery, order a beer, sit down and watch like video editing tutorials on my iPad and the only reason I didn't is because immediately when I walked in, Sounds this girl nice. was like, hey, do you like Star Wars? And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's pretty okay. And she's like, cool, you can sit here and talk to us. And then I ended up talking <laughs> to them the entire time <laughs> and, and telling them about my I am not a cop Facebook profile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, the location-independent lifestyle, I think, suits people who are a little bit more naturally extroverted. That would make sense. People like Benny from Fluent in Three Months. And even Benny has, everybody I know who used to do it has abandoned it because I think it's just a naturally stressful lifestyle. Like there's no routines, there's no home base, there's no, what do you call it? Like your, your comfort bubble. Yeah, I would definitely. go into and then venture out of and go into and venture out of. I could see like half time doing it. Like you travel somewhere, then you come back to a home, then Mm -hmm. you travel half and half. I could, I could maybe get okay with that, but all the time. Yeah. No home anywhere. That's hard. I kind of like the way that Corbett Barr does it from uh, fizzle he goes and lives in mexico half the year and then goes back up to portland the other half of the year and basically escapes the rainy season i mean that's the dream right that's be in the pacific northwest during the the summer months and then out of it during the winter months now i i don't know if i could do it because again i really value having my core group of friends but maybe i don't know i'd probably honestly just be fine if i if i just crazy dream one day i was able to take like uh two weeks every season oh to live somewhere different yeah because i do want my home habits my i mean all of my stuff that i've been building my exercise habits everything falls apart and that Mm -hmm. that stresses me out traveling too long and then i'm just like i don't want anymore but yeah but with him and i think it was like the same exact house they were renting every single time because they just knew someone down there and they would rent out their house. So it wasn't even that like extravagant of a lifestyle. The only thing it really required was the ability to work independently and remotely, which they had. Um, other than that, you know, living in Mexico is cheap. And then they own their place in Portland so they can just rent it out. That's cool. And they're fine there. Uh, but yeah, location independence. I let that go. Don't want to do it. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, which is an awesome learning platform for anyone who wants to boost their knowledge in the areas of math, science, and computer science. Brilliant has a library of more than 60 in-depth, hands-on courses in all these areas, including a complete math suite. So you can start from the basics of number theory and fundamental math and go all the way up to vector calculus and differential equations and uh, math for quantitative trading and finance and statistics and probability. There's a lot of math courses on there. I don't know what those words mean. Maybe you should take more math courses. I probably should. Which you can do on Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. And there are also science courses. There are courses like classical mechanics, gravitational physics. There are computer science courses. You can learn how to program with Python. You can learn about the basics of algorithm design, which is actually very important. Even if you're just a web developer, it's really useful to know how algorithms and data structures work because that gives you kind of a competitive edge over people who just kind of learn how to program by learning the syntax and kind of copying and pasting. When you really understand how computers work and how programs and algorithms work, you just you're able to write better code, right? 
Yeah, I mean, and you I were able to, to write custom stuff for mm-hmm. the for the website that I could not have possibly copied and pasted from Stack Overflow. I needed to understand what I was writing. Yeah, I remember like a lot of web hosts will disallow post like plugins that put related posts at the bottom. So you had to build one that had a super lightweight algorithm that wouldn't kill yep, page speed. Bunch of custom caching, bunch of custom, bunch of custom all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't understand why or how I was going to write that no one else would have given me that answer. Yeah. So it's kind of the difference between being able to conceive of how something should work and how it should work as efficiently as possible. And then just, you know, being able to realize that or just kind of copying what you've seen online already and relying on that as a crutch. So don't rely on crutches. Now, the great thing about Brilliant is all their courses are incredibly hands-on and active, which keeps you very engaged throughout the learning process. They have code writing challenges. There's storytelling in their courses. There are interactive uh, challenges where you're dragging and dropping things and having to answer questions for yourself. So you're not just passively intaking information, which, like I said, keeps you more interested, but also helps you to learn more effectively and more quickly. In addition, there is also a feature called daily challenges where you can log in every single day and get a new challenge from a wide array of different subjects. So you can make learning a daily habit. You can improve your problem solving skills every single day, and you might even get interested in an area that you hadn't considered before. So if you want to get started, go over to brilliant.org slash college info geek and sign up. And with their free plan, you get new daily challenges every single day. And with the premium plan, you get access to that entire library of more than 60 courses. And if you're one of the first 200 people to use that link to sign up, brilliant.org slash college info geek, you're going to get 20% off that annual premium subscription. Big thanks as always to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of College Info Geek. And another big thanks goes out to our second sponsor this week, Skillshare. Skillshare is a learning library of thousands of different courses that you can use to boost your career prospects and your skills in a ton of different areas. There are web development courses, there are video editing courses, there are color correction courses, which is actually the reason I was up a little late last night. That's cool. I finally learned color correction like legit in Premiere. And boy, I was just kind of mucking around like oh. an amateur before that. So there are also tons of pixel art courses that I stumbled Wait, really? upon the other day. Yes. Ooh, pixel art courses. I just, just searched. I found a bunch. There are so photography cool. courses. Um, when I look at like the, the top courses on Skillshare, I think the top two or like two, two of them within the top three are photography courses and they're really good. Uh, so there's tons of stuff there. There are animation courses that I've taken for After Effects. There's all kinds of stuff that you can use to once again boost your skills. And the course that I'm going to recommend this week is actually my own course on uh, productivity systems. If you want to learn how to make your to-do list, your calendar, your habit tracker, your uh, your note-taking system, whether it's Notion or Evernote or whatever it is, if you want to make them all work in harmony and work with your file management system, then my course is something that you're probably going to want to take. Uh, and in addition to the course that I already have on Skillshare, in January, I'll be launching a brand new course. And if you go over to Skillshare.com geek and sign up, you're going to get a two-month free trial. So even if you're listening to this episode on the day that it goes live, you're going to be able to get my new course during your two-month free trial and take it for free. Of course, Skillshare is also an incredibly affordable platform. It's less than 10 bucks a month, so it's definitely worth sticking around after your trial ends. But again, you get two courses from yours truly for free on that trial by going over to Skillshare.com geek and signing up. As always, big thanks to Skillshare for sponsoring this episode and supporting our show as well. And let's get back into the episode. And then I had to graduate with at least a 3.5 GPA. I didn't. <laughs> 
I don't remember. I don't think I did. I think I had like a three point two or three point three or something like that. Three point four six for me, because I got to the point where I'm like, oh wait, College Info Geek is profitable. Like this should be the priority. If I want yeah, this, I highly if doubt I want, the GPA would help this right now. Yeah, and I actually remember thinking like, all right, well, even if CIG doesn't become a profitable business that can support me. I want to go work for like Nerd Fitness or somebody else like that, and I don't think they're going to be asking for my GPA. They're probably going to be looking at what I've done in that space. Like, okay, show me the articles you wrote. Cool. That's yeah. what I want to see. It's like as as long as your GPA doesn't just completely tank, it's like mm-hmm. not a not even a big question, really. Yeah, exactly. To pay off my debt ASAP. Did that one, and this one is interesting. To build a great relationship with Anna. And I had like communicate lots and balance time spent with her and friends. That was two weeks after I met her. So I think that's a oh, nice. decent indication that I wanted to stay with her <laughs> yeah. long term. So and I would say that's probably worked out. It's worked out pretty well. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, Anna put in put in a note during the editing. If you think <laughs> it's not <laughs> just like a just like a narrator. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. Well, we've we've made the editing easy on her at this point. She doesn't even have to listen through anymore. Oh, cool. There's no camera angles to switch, so she can just plop it into the timeline, throw the ads that in the middle, makes and she's good to go. A lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Efficiency. There's a there's a book that came out uh, by David Graeber, and I'm not allowed to swear on this show, which means I can't say the title of like half the books. Yeah, thanks that, for your stupid marketing gimmicks. Yeah, but it's it's David Graeber's new book. Uh, it's basically called Bullcrap Jobs. And the whole book is just kind of like about jobs in big corporations that are just there for really no reason. Like we haven't really thought of how we could eliminate that and still be as efficient. And uh, mm. I didn't read the book because I think a lot of books, they probably have good information. But for me, often even seeing the title of a book can just make me think of things I should do. Yeah, and I don't. I don't need to read. So you just needed the burst book. of inspiration. You didn't need all the. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right. What bullcrap jobs exist in my company? Hmm. Maybe the fact that Anna is sitting there switching camera angles on a podcast that gets like two thousand views per episode. Yeah, because most because <laughs> most of the listeners are on audio, so yeah, the, it's like mm-hmm. the ROI on switching angles. Well, and, and the surprising thing, and maybe not everyone thinks this, but I had her do an experiment. I said, all right, for one episode. Just use the center angle where you can see both of us don't switch to the close-ups. And one person said they liked it better wow. because they're able to see the other person's reaction when that something makes interesting was said or when a joke was made or something like that. So I thought, huh. So we've been spending three hours an episode of her time, at least, just tediously going through switching camera angles. For what reason? Oh, just because I saw H3H3 podcast doing it. That's huh. it. That's the only reason. I'm like, oh, hey, look, that cool podcast did it, and I like that. Let's do Tried it. Tried it out. And I guess that's like the way wasn't to do it. wasn't worth doing. But yeah, so we've, we've done that, and for that reason, she doesn't have to listen to the entirety of the podcast. Just fine. She'll she miss our to, voices. She, she has to listen to me she like, to hear all day. More. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting to go back and look at um, what you wanted for the future and to see how it stacked up. Yeah. Well, and I think this is really the thing with with your with long term planning. I think that if you start with just straight up career or finance questions, even like I did before or any of those others, I I don't think that's the right way to go about it. I think Mm. who do you want to be as a person and what kind of lifestyle do you want and then work backwards from there? What do those things require from me? What kind of career will fulfill those desires? Mm -hmm. And then how do I divide them up? 
between these five years if I need to take steps. And I would say it's not necessarily the wrong answer to start with career, but I think that it, it it's well, I mean, not if a you really know that you want the career, if you if you know that's part of what you really want, that makes sense. Yeah. But if it's just like like uh, when my original goal was to make X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. I think the better question would be why did I specifically want X amount of dollars? Yeah, so that I could you know earn it for more than just um, like prestige or uh, a fun bank account. Like, why do I want it that way? And yes. for, for many people, I suppose career, they maybe already know why they want a career. Mm-hmm. But you bring up a good point. You should question your motivations for why you want a certain amount of money or why you want a career. Because if the motivation is status or because my parents expect me to do it. Yeah, that's a thing. You're not going to be fulfilled. Like, that's a big thing. Don't live for somebody else just because they have expectations because you're the person who has to live with who you become. Well, not and, them. And like you said, there was like you said, uh, becoming a doctor that's years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So if one of your long-term goals has uh, corrupted motivation, so to speak, you may end up wasting so much time preparing. Yep. Not necessarily wasting. You'll probably still learn something, but you could have been putting it directly towards something that would make you the person that you would be happiest to wake up as. Yeah. That's why a lot of people, when they ask me, like, hey, I want to start a blog. How do I make money doing it? Like, well, if if that's your first question, then the answer is probably you will never make much money doing it because it it just takes so much time to build up the audience you need unless you're like, okay, I'm a freelance web web developer and then I I have a blog on the side that like helps me get clients. But most people aren't going at it from that. They're like, I want to be a blogger and make money that way. And if, if money is your pure, it's like your main motivation you're just not going to have the motivation to sit there and write the kind of articles or make the kind of YouTube videos that you will need to make to build an audience. You wouldn't get immediate feedback. That's Mm -hmm. one of those things where you got to be like, okay, so over the next five years, maybe if I keep working at this the whole time, it might do something. Yeah. But if you're, if you need the money and that's your main goal, you're going to be like, it's been a year. I can't keep doing this. I'm broke. Dude, it's kind of weird. It has to be kind of a side project. It like has to. Yeah, it's it's unless weird you don't build the position we're in now, especially with YouTube, because you know the channel's at a point where there's immediate feedback on everything. Yeah, and it's it's to the point, and I think YouTube has designed itself in a in kind of a way that uh, makes this inevitable for a bigger channel, where you expect a certain amount of feedback and a certain amount of results, and when you don't get it, it's like, oh no, what did I do wrong? But when I think back to my first couple of years blogging, I was just throwing stuff at a wall and like nine out of 10 times, there would be no feedback ever. Yeah. And the one out of 10 times where there was feedback, often it was like months down the line where like a post will start to rank or someone will share it on Reddit or something. And then I'm like, oh, hey, wow, that post I wrote a few months ago was like getting some traffic. That's cool. But it was never like, boom, posted it. And all of a sudden there's comments and views and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's like there's this instant gratification that's been built into the system now. And if you had wanted that, it would have been instant feeling of failure back yes, then. And that's that, exactly that's what it would feel like. Instant feeling of failure is not probably going to get you through the, the tough years of making something like that work. So mm-hmm. you can, like, yeah, why do you want that in yeah. the first place? If so, it's just a job, you can make money in a billion other much more likely ways. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... There are many other ways that are a lot more guaranteed and a lot faster. Yeah. Even, even if you want to be location works, yeah. independent, you know, uh, our friend Colleen 
works for Buffer. Yeah, Buffer's dope. That's remote. She but, could yeah, do that and anywhere. See, and then, see, that's the thing. If you if you found out, wait a second, actually. So the reason I think that that version of me is cool is because I envisioned myself like working at a coffee shop in like Thailand or something. The blog wasn't actually the necessary part at all. Mm-hmm. It was only the being there able yeah. to work. And if you if you figure that out, you can make a lot better plans. Mm-hmm. It would certainly feel bad to work on something for five years to realize that you didn't want it in the slightest later. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's really cool to look at the, the old versions of what we wanted from ourselves because mm-hmm. if we haven't accomplished one of them, and we still agree with it, we might know, hey, it's been quite a few years since then. Yeah. I need to do something real about this because mm-hmm. it looks like it's not just going to happen on its own. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a definite argument to be made for like putting time into something that you end up not liking. That in itself shows you and teaches you lessons about what you might want to do later. Like my yeah, yeah. IT, in, uh, my IT internship, I thought that I would love working in the networking department and turns out I didn't, but what I couldn't have known before doing it was that work that is m- based around like maintaining something that's already been set up, I don't like that. I like to make new things. And that's kind of like a thing where you, you don't even think about that distinction when you're younger. You just think, what field do I want to go into? Yeah. Um, and when we talk about like IT and computers, web development would be a lot more conducive to that than IT infrastructure and like dealing with networks and stuff. Or if you really wanted to go into networks, there's like a whole subsection where you can get a certification to lay cable and to design and build networks. But if you don't know about this distinction, then you might just end up landing in a maintenance role. So you got to do those things. So you learn like, oh, here are the qualities of work that really get me fired up. And here are the types of work that make me feel like I'm, you know, in a living death. That is a good point. So I suppose, yeah, I'll I'll have to I'll have to retract that piece or rephrase it maybe because if you've spent the five years on something you didn't like and you pay attention to why you didn't like it, that was a good five years. Mm-hmm. You've learned something, and it teaches you stuff too. So I gave a talk at a school a few years ago about career paths. I think it was a it was a group of sophomores. So they've been in college for one year, and the people who hired me kind of wanted to talk about you know what my career path looked like and what you should take into consideration when planning um, your own. So I sat down and I drew out my career path as it had progressed. And it was such a tangled web of intersecting lines when I drew it out. I was like, holy crap. Because when I think back, YouTube, like being a YouTuber, there are so many weird things that led to that. One of them being, I got hired on campus to be a part-time video editor because I had spoken at some like event and I really wanted to see the video of me speaking and it, like, it took forever <laughs> to get it online. So I, I called the department and I'm like, hey, I want to see that video. Um, it's the summer. I don't have anything to do and I don't know how to edit video very well, but I would love to learn if you guys need somebody. And they said, well, we just finished up that project, but it turns out we have all these engineering students here from all around the country doing this program and we need someone to come in and like film what they're doing and create kind of an advertisement for next year's group for this project. So they were like, yeah, if you want to do it, we'll pay you like eight bucks an hour. We'll have somebody teach you how to film, how to edit in final cut. You'll be good to go. So like a weird coincidence. Yeah. I had no desire to make video at this point. 
None. Didn't care. But I'm like, cool, it's money, it's a summer job, I'm gonna do it. So they taught me three-point lighting, they taught me how the video camera worked. Still don't know what kind of video camera it was, it was old school. And then they taught me Final Cut Pro, which I don't use. But in the process, I learned the basics of video editing, basics of lighting, the basics of shot composition, and then let it lie for years. Just like I let a lot of stuff lie for years. And then it all starts to come back when you're like, oh, wait, I'm going to try this podcasting thing. Well, why don't I try video now? Oh, hey, I actually learned how to edit that one time. Yeah. And like you just, I don't know, there's all these little skills you pick up. Yeah, you don't really know what weird connections you're going to be able to make later. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, even even my stuff in like working in the IT support center. I don't necessarily need that a ton these days, but occasionally I'm like, well, I got to fix my computer. And I know how to. Yeah. That's nice. Or uh, the web development business. Um, me being a web designer allowed you and I to work together on our blog design. Yeah. I could just, I don't know, lots of cyclical things come Yeah, around. and like you you know what I'm saying if I'm like, here's why this probably won't work that way and why mm-hmm. maybe we do it this way. And you'll, you won't just be like, I said, make it pop. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give it like a, I heard about this thing called Web 2.0. Yeah, yeah. Give it whatever that I is. Got, I got that in there. I think like lens flares are part of it. Oh, and like bottom reflections on the logos. Definitely those. Yeah, the whole blog post is actually a marquee. So you have to, <laughs> you don't want to move your eyes as the reader. You want the blog post <laughs> to do it for you. It's a single line marquee and you just sit there and it's yeah. the video form of a blog. Yeah. Do you think that we'll ever have um, like a what goes around comes around kind of thing where UI will again be more, I don't know, like visually distinct. Cause I don't know. These days it seems like the point of Mm. UI is to get out of the way. It's all flat. It's all like muted colors. I I guess like gradients have come back in when you look at like stripes webpage or something, you know, um, uh, like a native instruments definitely has like a lot of, photography and everything but web 2.0 quote unquote was very much all about uh, you know the gradients on text and reflections and lens flares and trying to make layouts look really cool and visually distinct in in you know in addition to the content and now it's like no it's just flat web page i don't know if i want to change back no i kind of like it better now too like i look at old interfaces and i'm like it's disgusting but is that just because they are old and out of fashion or were they actually bad and uh we just didn't know at the time because we were so proud i guess eventually it'll be retro and then it'll be (laughs) cool again it will be cool yeah maybe it will be i think part of the other uh i guess one of the other reasons is interfaces are so different and diverse now yeah, like you kind of have to. You have iPad, to be flexible because it has to work on everything. I can give it like you know three different interface sizes, and it has to work perfectly on all of them. Which means you can't design and... it very specifically with weird stuff, unless you want to put in like fifteen times the work. But yeah, I remember you know back when I was a college student, I was like, all right, this design is going to be fourteen hundred pixels wide, and yeah. if your monitor is not that wide, you're just going to have to scroll sideways. I'm sorry. <laughs> weird, but yeah. Anyway. We got off on a tangent. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, a place to hop back on the train. Talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, well, I guess... Uh, yeah, I guess um, the the main thing 
that I'm getting from this conversation is that I should come up with a new list of what I think the ideal me is. Yeah, where do you see yourself in five years, Martin? Boom, that's how you get back on the train. Um, well, I probably want to be better at the specific four languages still. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't regret dropping Mandarin and German in college. So that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm already on that path. I want to make some sort of a small indie game type thing. It doesn't have to be a huge deal. Just something mm-hmm. that I made. Maybe, uh, what else do I want? I don't know, to travel more. I want to spend more time traveling. I haven't been out yeah. of the country still. I would like to say that that's Ooh. not true in yeah. five years. Going out of the country is definitely something you should do. And I mean, five years is a a big question, too, at this point, you know, because I am almost 29 Mm -hmm. and therefore will be almost 34. And at that point, if I haven't already thought about it, I will likely be thinking about whether or not I would like to have kids at some point in my life. That's a big question. That is a big question. I only have leanings at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the answer to that one yet. Soon we'll be 30 years old. But largely out of debt, moved my family out of Iowa and uh, doing cool projects, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be like, I want to be this exact thing five years from now. I'd like to have more of a social life. I'd like to stop Mm. hiding myself in my home all day long. Well, come on over. That's important to me. I would like to. I've literally met no new people in Colorado that I did not meet here because you met them somewhere else. Oh. Maybe you should just wander into a brewery. Maybe. Worked for me. Yeah. I would like to do something about that in the, in the next five years. Community is probably important. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I want to do something more with music. I hesitate to be very specific about it because I don't really know what it should be. Change Though the game. I know I know one of it. Oh, yeah. I could change the rap game. Um. One, I mean, one of the things is I want to have an album out. And I think, you know, five years is plenty of time to do it. Yeah. Especially since my friend Matt did it in 30 days. <laughs> but he had a lot of experience because he was in a band. In fact, that is why he learned web development now that I remember it. Well, that's a the weird The entire connection. reason Matt's career exists now is because he learned how to build websites for his band. Huh. But I'm going to do the opposite way. I'm going to learn how to do all this media stuff and then make a band. Yeah. Yeah. No, an album would be cool. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing stuff on my music channel. In fact, if people haven't uh, checked it out, there is a music channel that I have. Or on Spotify, which is just thomas.lol. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas.lol. Redirects right to Spotify. So yeah, I got some stuff there. And maybe if you're listening to this episode five years in the future... There will be more stuff there. Yeah. I currently have two songs there, um, but they are not indicative of what I want to do in music. I mean, I guess like I like doing stuff like that, like the just chill instrumental stuff, but I would like to do more than just that because I like to sing and I like to play lots of instruments and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would like to own a house, but I'm not like strongly convicted about that. Hmm. Part of my problem with that is like, I like having our studio in the house, but it kind of limits house choices. That it does. So there's like this ever raging debate in my head over like, do I go the Peter McKinnon route 
or like Casey Neistat route where I just get a dedicated studio space where people can come work and it's like, that's the company and then there's a house or do I keep doing it this way? I don't know. I don't know. Because there's something to be said for having all the instruments and lights and everything just here. I'm just like, oh, I got an idea. Let's go do it. But perhaps if everything was in a studio, I would just go there and I'm like, all right, I'm on. These are work hours. Now I'm getting the ideas. Maybe. I don't know. Definitely, definitely changes your like neighborhood and city options though. It really does. Because yeah, like there, there are neighborhoods where I would love to live. There are just not houses that would facilitate the... Yeah. the kind of work that we are currently doing. And I don't know. There's always the, the I, I guess, the option of just rethinking how I do my work. Like, you know, do you need all this space? Maybe not. But I do like having more space. I don't know. Maybe. You'll know in five years. Or you won't. Or I won't know in five years. I'll still yeah, I didn't even think it. about, like, buying a house. Like, I don't care about that. You don't care about owning a house? No. That's fair. Not right now, because I don't quite know what I'm doing. Like, right now I'm in Colorado. Someday, I either I either want to move to the Northwest, or I want to adopt a lifestyle where, while still living here, I can travel much more frequently to the Northwest. Mm. Yeah. So it kind of depends on what, what shakes out what my long-term goals are. Yeah. Well, we'll Buying find out. isn't conducive to that right now. I think the first thing to do would be to just write out another one of these lists. Yeah. Just like, and I've got like health on mine, work on mine, relationships, um, financial things. So I guess I want, this I want one my was debt paying gone, off that's debt. For sure. So yeah, yours is like pay off debt, uh, maybe build up a financial base and investments, things like that. Yeah. Buy a mansion for your mom. But yeah, and the, and the cool thing about all these goals is that some of them are very direct goals. I merely need to divide them mm-hmm. and then ask myself, where do I see myself in two weeks? And if the answer is one step forward toward these long-term goals, then that was a good two weeks. Yeah. And if the answer is I'm not going to make any progress, then I really need to question whether anything will be different in five years. Yeah. And I like the two-week system that you do. Um, And also you've been saying that you spend like two hours a day on pixel art right now. Yep. So that is definite progress. My two-week period gives me my first 20 hours of any goal. Yeah, it does. So uh, it's intense. Even more if you work on weekends. Yeah. It's it's really intense, but um, I am making progress. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that my long-term things are, yes, within the n- next two weeks, next month, I will be able to look back and say I moved forward. Yeah. Because it's it's really easy to let time go go by. Yep. Yeah, that's the weird thing about getting older. It's like I wake up and I'm like in bed. Well, it's like a lot, of, a lot of our habits are fairly monotonous. Like even if you like it, like you wake up, you go to work, you, you eat. Mm-hmm. Maybe you you watch something that's a common habit, and then you go to bed, and then you do the same yeah. thing over and over. So if you don't take the time to try and do this sort of a planning and say, what am I doing in the next two weeks? What am, where do I see myself doing anything? Then, yeah, the five years will just disappear, mm-hmm. and that's weird. Yeah, I like the way you do it because, like, every two weeks, reevaluate how are things going, and then you, you have the chance to catch yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can tell when I'm messing up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to sneak my way into the indie game dev scene by just playing Pokemon. Yeah. Which is why it's important that I've already caught them all mm-hmm. and don't need to now. I do like the idea of sneaking your way into it. I'm a sneaker. Right I get in the there. feeling that a lot of people who are in it like would say that they did a similar thing. Like, oh, I didn't plan on it. It just happened. I'm just going gonna, gonna to tiptoe on in there. 
they're, I'm going to show up at all their parties. I assume the whole industry has one party and they're all invited. And Probably. I'm just going to show up, you know, like Scott Pilgrim. Okay. And then I'm just going to talk to whoever. <laughs> and they're going to think I'm a weirdo. Talk to somebody named But Ramona. then later they'll think I'm cool. All right. You're just going to have to fight some people first. Yeah. Yeah. It's video games. That makes sense. Is that movie about how to break into the indie music scene? I think so. <laughs> I thought it was a love story all along. But no, if you want to get your band signed, you have to fight seven yeah. evil exes. <laughs> and then quit the band. Yeah, we rewatched that recently. That's why it's on my head. Oh, did you? Yeah. We did too. It's really good. It's still my favorite movie. I love that movie In so five much. years, I'm going to watch that movie again. There you go. I'll probably watch it before five years are up. Anywho, I think this is probably a pretty good spot to end. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we can get super conclusive here. I don't know what you, the listener, want from yourself. Mm-hmm. Just figure out what would make you feel happy to wake up as yourself. Yeah. And make an impossible list. Yeah, write it down somewhere. Mm. It's it's really cool to challenge yourself and then see that you did it. Yeah. Otherwise, your successes go forgotten. We will we'll link to. I don't think you have a public impossible list or anything no. like that, but I have one. It's in the header of College Info Geek. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, and you can go look. I'm, I mean, I love having that up because I can scroll through it and just see like, oh yeah, I do remember really wanting to do that, and I did it. Yeah. And here's the it's, next goal. It's so easy when you're feeling bad to be like, I don't do anything, but then. You might have some really good accomplishments. You're just forgetting in the moment because your brain wants exaggerated emotions and yeah. it doesn't want good evidence right now. Mm-hmm. Give it the good evidence. But yeah, action item for this episode. At least sit down and write out a note called what I want and just ask yourself what you want in the future in those categories, your health, your location, where you're living, what's your average day like, what's your career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it's... If you're like, I don't really know what exactly I want to do for here, then don't worry about that. But yeah. if you have like definite plans, write those down. Yeah. If you're a really good artist, sketch your future self. Mm, there you go. And then tape it on the mirror and you'll start to identify as it and maybe you'll start to accidentally work toward it. I don't know. Boom. Alrighty. Well, this is episode 283, I do believe. That it is. So if you want the show notes for this episode, you can go over to cigpodcast.com slash 283. And we've got all kinds of cool links over there. Otherwise, you can go over to CIGpodcast.com with no trailing slash or numbers if you want to subscribe to this podcast, assuming you haven't done so already, which everyone has probably already subscribed. Who wouldn't be subscribed already? I don't know. I don't know. Probably like one guy, like Ted. All right, Ted. If you go to CIGpodcast.com, you'll find some buttons for Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or really wherever you listen, you can find an easy way to subscribe and get new episodes of the podcast automatically delivered to your device whenever they come out, which is roughly every two weeks-ish. Kind of. Yeah. It's, it's basically <laughs> Sometimes that. Sometimes with surprise ones in the between. Yeah. Sometimes with three-week gaps. Be- no, I think it's every other week, actually. I think it's every other week, yeah. but occasionally there's one in the middle, so it looks like it's a weekly for three weeks. I think we're done with that. Okay. I think we're done. Okay, that was confusing. That was like, yeah, that was something we had to do because we changed the schedule and had to move a lot of spots around. Yeah. But we're done. So it is every other week, probably, unless <laughs> unless we decide to trick everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we're just tricking you. Now we're daily. <laughs> we're not doing that. I don't want to do that. Uh, collegeinfogeek.com is where you can go if you want to find lots of other cool articles about how to get ahead as a student. There are hundreds of them there. I think uh, Ransom just wrote one about how to do great library research. He wrote one about the top 40, I think, apps for students. So go check out the website. You'll find some cool stuff there. And if you want to listen to my music, go over to thomas.lol and you'll get over to my Spotify. I should probably make just a music website. 
Because there's more than just Spotify now. There's like Apple Music, like Deezer, for people who are not in the U.S. I don't discover new music. I don't know anything right now. I got an email from DistroKid saying my new song is on Deezer? Napster. Was Napster, Napster still exist? Apparently it does. Wasn't that like a pirating thing? I always felt like that one was walking the line and that like parts of it were okay, but largely it mm, wasn't. Maybe they got legit. But I like the idea that my like very legit music distributor sent me an email letting me know that they had pirated my music for me. <laughs> yeah. I really like that idea. That That's funnier in my head, so I'm going to keep it that way. Uh, if you like this show, you can always subscribe, like I said. And uh, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, I think this is the only platform that does this, but there is a rating and review feature. So if you like this show, you want to support it, you can leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, otherwise, you could just share this podcast with a friend and let them know what your favorite episode is so they'll become a listener as well. Or maybe they won't. You're not their dad. I'm not their dad. They can do whatever they want to do. I'm their dad. Martin's their dad. They can they do have whatever to they want to do. Dang it. I was hoping for some, like, putting a nice foot dad. down there. All right. Well, I think that about ends my end spiel. So thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. And we will see you in the next episode. Stick you.